Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring local makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. The show is then translated via magic to podcast format. Why not subscribe at iTunes? Because that's where you can get it. This episode is brought to you by Woke Signals. Have a habit of putting your foot in your mouth? Get rid of that toe flavor with Woke Signals. It's a simple but incredibly expensive concept. You don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want that either. So we monitor all of your conversations, both in person and through all form of electronic interfaces. If you start straying into territory that may insult or upset someone, we alert you. A simple red, yellow, and green lighting system lets you know what path you're on. That way, your saying power has staying power. Woke signals. We're always watching and helping. You say party, we say die on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That's actually the name of the band, so I'm not just saying that. That is the name of the band. That was Laura Palmer's prom. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I've got some very special guests here today, as I do always every week from 7 to 9, Mondays. The best show on the radio at this time on this station is how I generally put it. (laughs) Good morning, Ashley Ann Gardner and Monica Mulder. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Coming out so early, I appreciate it. And uh, doing so much work to promote your shows that are coming up. One show, uh, two one acts. Yes, so is right. that how you're, it's not two shows. Right, right. Mashed together. It's one show with two one acts that are not really mashed together. Yeah, it's a, it's a double bill. Okay. Ghost and Funeral Party, and we're going to be talking about that. Or is it Ghost Party and Funeral? No, Funeral and Ghost Party. Ghost and Funeral Party. Yes, got it. Ghost ampersand Funeral Party. Amper- you always have to do the ampersand. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that because I love the idea of how you put it together. So, Ashley, you wrote both of the one acts. I did. And you're directing Monica in one, mm-hmm. and you're acting in the other. Yes. And Monica, you're directing one. And you're directing uh, Ashley, and you're uh, acting in it's a lot. We're directing a, each other. Yeah, yes. that's the easiest way to put it. And uh, yeah, that would be in a much easier way than I put it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. <laughs> so we could do that. Uh, now I don't know you all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a former guest Jeremy Sagers put you up to this because he's also producing the show. Yes. And so uh, we're gonna play some games uh, or a game. We might play other games. I'm not really sure. I don't know you that well. We might play Parcheesi, uh, possibly some Trivial Pursuit Mm -hmm. later on. Pictionary? Pictionary for sure. Okay, cool. Pictionary, because nothing is better on the radio than Pictionary. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just because of the yelling, mostly. Uh, (laughs) So first, we're going to play 20 questions. So I'm going to get your opinion on some things, see where you stand, maybe ask you some additional questions. Maybe you'll learn something about each other that you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, But instead of saying yes or no, up or down... You're going to say when all is said or done. So if you're for something, when all is said, if you're against something or you're not that uh, fond of it, when all is done. When all is said, I figured that's like you're, you're getting up, you're saying your lines. Uh, when all is done, who wants things to be over that are enjoyable? Uh, maybe something is bad and you want it to be over. But when all is said, yes, when all is done, voices. I'm ready. Thumbs down. Uh, resolutions. We're almost out of New Year's resolutions sort of area. We've got actually Chinese New Year coming up. So maybe you can make some Chinese New Year resolutions. How do you feel about them in general? When all is said or when all is done? When all is said. 
Oh, you like them? Mm-hmm. How, do you make New Year's resolutions, Monica? I do, but they're very abstract. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I might uh, uh, do what? Well, like, what was an example? Well, for of example, like be be more open, but open and loving this year. Okay. Instead of like bullet points of certain things, specific goals. So so vague that you could say that you hit it. Interpretive, like. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Good. I set it up to win. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. All right. And Ashley, how about you? I think when all is said as well. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm not one to keep my New Year's resolutions. Um. They kind of taper off towards the end of January. Sure. As, sure. as I. I guess they do with every. But not everybody. I don't want to generalize. I'm really sorry to those. People. A lot of people we'll do. No, that's most, yeah. Yeah. But most people <laughs> yeah. taper uh, off. I, I do try, um, like, the like the really hard set ones, like um, like going to the gym or doing yoga every day. Those are hard for me to keep because my schedule is so erratic. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. So, yeah, I, I tend to uh, keep the more abstract ones, like um, being more present and um, working on my craft more often. I don't really give myself, like, a hard... Um, like a hard deadline or like a hard time period to work on things. It's just like in general work more on this. So you don't add a percentage to the end, like work on my craft 10% more Mm. every other day. I don't, but that would probably help me out a lot. I'm going to go ahead. If you want to submit your resolutions to me and I'll go ahead and add some numbers and like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to jazz this (laughs) up by 13%. 13%. Yeah. Like whatever it is. Will you hold us to it? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll monitor your, I'll I'll monitor your progress on uh, Facebook since we're all Facebook friends now. Awesome. I just got back on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I'm just relearning how to be friends with people. Rethink that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already, I mean, just following Jeremy is like, Ooh, ooh. I didn't know it was going to be like that. Uh, voicemail, said or done? Ooh, when all is said. You like voicemail? I love voicemail. What is happening right now? Really? Yes, I do. You are very excited about voicemail. (laughs) I get very excited about a lot of weird things. Great. Yeah. Good. Well, then you're on the right show. Cool. Yeah. I'm very glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, No, I love voicemail because, um, oh, I love leaving voicemails because it just lets the other person know that you care about them. Like somebody, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll get a call from somebody and they'll say, hey, this is so-and-so, call me back. And that's it. But they won't say why they're calling me. But I right. want to know, like, why Why are you calling me? Is it Go important? ahead and prep me. Yeah, is it yeah, just yeah. because you love me and you want to, like, call me and say, hey, I love you? It's important. But also, um, when when somebody calls you and they leave you a message, um, I, I make mixes and you can... Uh, you can take the recording of the person who's calling you. Like like my dad will call me or my mom will call me and leave me a message. And so I'll take the audio recording from the voicemail and uh-huh. I'll apply it to like a mix CD. Oh, Aww. so you'll put it in with music yeah. and stuff? Uh-huh. Or do you put it through the auto-tune and then you're starting to mix songs Oh, yeah, like with a it? DJ, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah <laughs> all the time. That is, that is great. Uh, I, I kind of want to leave you voicemail now. So if I ever call... Cool. It's just don't to answer. leave you voicemail. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't answer. answer. Okay. I think that's in general. I think everybody knows. Just uh, don't answer that when you not, call. And not to answer. Mm-hmm. Not sure. to answer. Especially okay. if you have extreme anxiety. Just don't answer the phone. Ever. 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 Yeah. 
Good point. What about Good you? Point. Yeah, said well, or done. When, when all is said. Yeah. Really? You're for voicemail as well? Yeah, well, phone calls are a lost art in general. That's true. So anyone even calling me in the first place, as long as it's not like business stuff or a solicitor or something, but a, an actual friend or family member calling is like, e- either it's there's bad news and I get that's why I get freaked out. Yeah. Like yeah. when my dad calls me, I'm like, oh no, what happened? What's wrong? Uh, but then it's usually a butt dial. So, because <laughs> we mostly just text. Yeah. So the phone calls are like, uh-oh, but then it's always fine. It's always fine. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> but yeah, voicemail. Yeah, I got one last night, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're the first people to say positive things about voicemail really? that I've ever had on my you show. Know, I think I understand why, because I, I hear, like, this this thing all the time about how millennials, quote-unquote millennials, we don't, like, voicemail, and, like, millennials don't leave voicemails or whatever, and I don't understand why I, I still millennials like to don't leave think voicemail. Of that. I'm I'm not a millennial. Okay, I'm slightly I think we older should, than you, but I, I think we should go ahead and try to maybe uh, actually train people to leave good voicemails. Maybe that's yes. the problem. Mm-hmm. Is to your point, maybe you don't know how to leave a voicemail. Mm-hmm. All right, so to leave to leave a voicemail, all you have to do is say, "Hey, this is your name." I just wanted to call you because I needed to, uh, this is multiple choice, ask you a question about a certain thing or B, say, uh, hey, you are all right in my book. What's A? You're the B's knees. A is, is, I need to ask you a question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're the B's knees is an appropriate one. Uh Mm. So we can give out some phrases. So basically you go to the website or it's an app. Yeah. No, it's a website because... Voicemail leaving app. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're on to something. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And then you just fill in. It's kind of like Mad Libs. Yeah. And if you can't think of anything, we'll fill it in for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of uh, artificial intelligence. It puts it in. Right. Boom. I love this for bad business ideas. So we're going to have to save this for the bad business ideas section. Okay, very good. Colonizing Mars, said or done? Mm, When all is said. Yeah? You want to go? I want to go. Okay. My friend uh, always asks me, if you had the opportunity to go to Mars right now, would you take it? And I always say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we need one axe there. I mean, we're going to need a theater company. We're going to need mm-hmm. playwrights, uh, dramaturgs. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. Uh, we're going to need directors. We're going to need photographers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. so okay. So, Ashley, you're in. Yeah. Big, for big Mars. fish in a barren pond here. Yes. Um, yes. That is my yeah. entire philosophy on life as well. So. Yeah, no, yeah. no, for me, when all is done, no. No, you're not. You, okay, mm-hmm. so you're not going. Not obviously. going. <laughs> so what about should we go in general? Are you for the idea of space travel and colonizing other worlds? I don't know. I, I read some sci-fi stuff, and I just, I don't know if we should be spreading like a virus around right? the universe. <laughs> well, I mean, will we even That's make really it? If you watch if you watch most of the sci-fi movies and such, we can't even get along, like, yeah. Eight of us in a in yeah. a pretty big space station. Well, yeah. Ashley's done oh, a, a yes, play space. about that. Yes. yes, yes, I did do a play about four people trapped in a spaceship together for five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cur- out of curiosity, was your uh, sci-fi exposure before that very great, or was that sort of your first 
uh, exposure to a lot of sci-fi tropes. Oh, no, I love sci-fi. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, one of the, one of my favorite books, which is like an anthology series, it's called the Wesleyan Anthology of Science Fiction. And I uh, had a professor at UCF introduce us to it when we took a sci-fi literature class, um, Dr. Campbell. And bless you, Monica. Bless you. <laughs> I, I get people are generally allergic to me, so I apologize. Oh, it's the it's the musk. <laughs> we call it we call it the Greek heat. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that there's a there's a short story called that in in the anthology. In the anthology, I know. I was I was bringing it back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I love sci-fi, um, but that was actually my first foray into science fiction theater. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. It's super cool. You never think about science fiction like being infused with theater. Um, but I think it's uh, it's a really cool way to to bring that genre into the like our kind of right. theater universe. It was such a cool show. I actually I saw that show before I knew Ashley. Um, so did I. Did you? Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, I yeah. still don't really know her, but uh, that's what yeah. we're doing today. Hi, Nick. It's nice to meet Hi, you. Hi. Hello. Oh, we should mention that Space uh, was written by Corey Valence. Yes. Yeah. And cool. yeah, you're doing player. another uh, version of it we are. when? This summer? It's going to be at the end of March. At the end of at March. the Seminole State College Planetarium. And that's with you. Oh, great. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Demeter is going to be here next week, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, so we cool. can talk a little bit more about that. All right, well, let's get back to you guys. Cool. I mean, we just were talking about you, so I guess we're going to get back to this, though. Smart homes, said mm-hmm. or done? Mm. Is there a middle ground? Uh, I guess it's whispered? Whispered. Whispered. Okay. Okay. So you don't feel strongly one way or the other? There are tons of pros and tons of cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could say that I'm a little paranoid about smart homes. There used to be this Disney Channel original movie called, (laughs) I think it's like Smart House or something. Yeah, that kind of takes over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. the house house takes over and that made me really scared. Uh, However, my boyfriend and I just got a Google Home and aside from saying like, okay, Google all the time. It's great. I hate saying, okay, Google. We tried to change it to computer because we're big Star Trek fans. Yeah. Yeah, but we can't do that. It doesn't uh, give you that capability. Yeah. yeah. But it was cool. Yeah, like um, we, uh, the guy, one of the guys in our cast is staying with us and we cleaned yesterday, we cleaned the house and we were blasting like Steely Dan and um, the Doobie Brothers. The perfect awesome. cleaning music. Yeah, but like the speaker on that thing, it's crazy. But yes, and no for smart homes. Okay, so I feel like if you want to think about your next project, I know you're very busy. But if you want to start thinking about your next project and you want to write some positive stories about uh, smart homes to try to get people into it, because obviously we're trying to overcome. And when I say we, I mean people who want to take over the world. We're trying to overcome the idea that computers are taking over. Mm. And so obviously they are and they're going to take over and they're going to need people like radio hosts to help them with that. And so Mm. maybe you could write some propaganda. <laughs> Propaganda. Yeah. Oh, that might not be the right word. What an interesting word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monica, uh, smart homes. Uh, said or done. 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 No. No smart I'm, home I'm devices. The last ho- Like I. I feel like I was the last person in the U.S. to get a smartphone. I. I, I held on to that flip phone for dear life. I am. I. I don't know. Yeah. I. 
I'm a, I'm kind of old school or prefer to be old school on certain things. Like my passion before acting was like homesteading and organic gardening and and just what, getting more in touch with the land. So the idea of bringing even more technology into where I live is. Uh, I already have enough. I'm already addicted to my internet and my phone and my Facebook and stuff. You've got so it. You're done. It's too much. Okay. So it's too much. All I right. totally understand to that perspective. <laughs> yeah. Well, then let me ask you, I'm, I'm curious where you land then on Amazon Go. Uh, so said or done. Go? Amazon Go There's is too their... too many Amazons. Yeah. I have new... now. I have Prime. You have uh, Amazon Pants. You have... <laughs> I don't have that one. Amazon Earlobe. Oh, do I? Yeah, no, you do. Oh, I mean, that's just the like a. Know. I'd like, like to get Amazon ophthalmologist. Mm. That would be good. Uh, Amazon Go is their new convenience store concept. They just launched it over oh, in Seattle. Yeah, I saw yeah. That. So you walk in, you have to have the app installed, mm-hmm. and it tracks you throughout the store. It sees what you pick up. There's no oh. checkout process, there's no interaction with humans, and you just walk out. Mm. Amazon Go, said or done. Oh. Oh, done. Done. Yeah. Why not? It's just, yeah, the human interaction. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, I work from home, so, like, sometimes going to the store is the only time I see human beings (laughs) that aren't on a computer screen in China. So. (laughs) But human beings are such, like, a social species. Yeah. We need human interaction. I mean, you know, there's introverts and extroverts. But sure. Still, even I, introverts need yeah. need their interaction. Mm-hmm. Even introverts need love. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's a bumper sticker if I've ever heard one. Uh, award season said or done. Oh. Whisper. Whisper. You know. Yeah. Same. Mm. Yeah. Same. You're kind of yeah. meh, but maybe you'll tune in. It's kind of it can be fun if you don't take it too seriously. I think. Yeah. 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 You don't think about all the people who have been wronged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or yeah, people that didn't vengeance. even get a chance to s- tell their stories in the first place. Yeah, mm, that's a whole can of worms. Yes. <laughs> I like award season yes, because of the the speeches that um, that people give about like social justice oh, and yeah. that's using yeah. it as a platform. Yeah. Using it as a platform, yeah, using yeah. It for privilege, something yeah. positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also I also love award season when films that really deserve to win win yes. Moonlight. Yes. Just, oh. I was with uh, Jeremy and Sean and some friends at Enzian when that happened, and it was so cool to see it with a big group of people and have that, like, giant group reaction yeah. together. Just, like, the yeah. joy yeah. that yeah. you feel. It was, room. like, oh, it was so magical. Like, mm-hmm. like the, one of the servers came out of the kitchen and was, like, pumping her fist, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> And it's always fun when they mess up, too. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. When they cut yeah. away from somebody during the middle of a speech mm-hmm. or, um, yeah. yeah, they may not know how to open or pick up the right envelope. Uh, okay. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said or done taking your phone in the bathroom. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> Said. Said. Okay. <laughs> You got to be connected. I mean, you, you're out there right now promoting your show and you're doing mm-hmm. a great job. And I hope we get a chance to talk about that. I saw the uh, cover you did of Dream oh, as a way to promote the show as well. I thought it was perfect because I, I like it when you're not just I feel like sometimes when I'm trying to promote this, my show on social media, all I'm doing is 
uh, just saying the same thing over and over yeah. again. But what I see you guys try to do is is put a little variety into it and make it a little more interesting and almost get a feel of what you're going to get when mm -hmm. you go to the show. And I think yeah. that's great. It's a lot of work. So I really mm -hmm. appreciate that yeah. part of yeah. it as well. Well, I think we want people to see how passionate we are about this. Yeah. Because yeah. some people, I mean, there are people I think that kind of just throw up a show and are like, this is going to be fun. Um, and that's fine not, not to like down on that, but there, there's... Uh, it's a different experience when it's like it's your baby and you've like put your heart and soul yeah. into it and yeah it's also wrote it, <laughs> it well, yeah it, it's it's that um it, but it's also like the first it's the first show of mine that's being produced ever mm -hmm. um i've had i've had smaller um like a, a 10 minute short play that was produced by pipsqueak collective in july um, and I want to do a shout out about them at the end of the show because they're really great. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, a few years ago at a Fringe, uh, we did 20 Nothing, which um, a few of my friends and I wrote together. But this is the first show of mine that I, I wrote um, that's being put up. In, in, I wrote in, in its entirety. Um, but also because you don't see a lot of women-led projects that succeed. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's if really they're important. even given a chance in yeah. the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so that was an interesting segue from taking your phone in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about zombies? Said or done? Done, done, well done, done. Said. Done. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh, Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. Uh <laughs> oh, okay. so had it's such a, a visceral reaction. Yeah. That was a, one of my childhood I, I saw that movie too young and it traumatized me a bit. Oh. So 22, 23? Yeah, yeah. You know. The one that I saw was in color and like they tried to burn the zombies in the crematory in the middle of the cemetery and then all the ash like comes up from, I don't remember which one it was, but all the ash comes up from the chimney and then it settles on the ground in the cemetery and then it makes all the zombies rise from the grave. All the other zombies. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, but I just watched Night of the Living Dead. Uh, cause it's in the public domain. Oh, the original one? Uh-huh, because uh, okay. George Romero didn't put the copyright notice on the title card for the film. Um, and Criterion, the Criterion Collection is coming out with Night of the Living Dead uh, in a couple months. Um, but yeah, I love that movie. Mm. I love it so much. Mm. I do I do like the, the old black and white one. That's pretty yeah. cool. So, Zombies Monica, general, you, no. yeah, no, for you, as a storytelling mm. device, or is it just you start... So you suspend your disbelief, you put yourself yeah. in the movie, and you're like, no, I, I don't want any part of that. Well, I mean, I didn't get into The Walking Dead. I, people are like, it's not about the zombies. And I'm like, well, then I'll watch something else that doesn't have zombies. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I like the comedy. I love shows about people. I love Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, me That's too. fun. Great and the, the one where he, he turns back into a human. What's that one? Spoiler. Uh, oh, the heart one, heart whatever. Uh, warm was. bodies, warm bodies. Warm bodies. That's the one. I enjoyed I think that one. Pretty much put out there that he turns back. That yeah. they find a cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess I do like it as a device because I understand the the metaphor of it, mm. um, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think that's cool. But the goriness and all that, I don't really enjoy that. Okay, so horror movies are probably not your no, not usually. Cup OT. I can do a good ghost or suspense or something like that. Yeah. But the gore, not so much. Okay. Yeah. Good to know, because I was going to show some videos later for reaction. <laughs> now we're not going to do that. How about okay. coffee, said or done? When all is said, yeah, said. but not during a show. Okay. Yeah. Today was a special occasion because I had to be up super early. Because it's early and you're meeting early. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Special occasion. It is a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I've had the, I started drinking coffee. <laughs> I was like, I paused too long there. I started drinking coffee when I started acting again. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a bit late in life. Like I wasn't a coffee drinker before. Why, why do you, or why did you start drinking coffee and how do you connect it to the acting part? Um, the first play I had done, um, I hadn't acted in nine years and the first play I did, the, the place where we were rehearsing was a clubhouse and it had a Keurig machine and mm. it was really intense emotional show and I was tired a lot because I was a teacher at the time. Um, so yeah, I would, uh, on our breaks, I would drink from the Keurig and then it just started forming a, a maybe like fusing acting and coffee. Oh yeah, you made <laughs> that connection. It became like a habit. Yeah. Um, and then I, I would take morning classes for acting and so we'd meet up um, the only, because it's kind of an industrial area where Truthful Acting Studios is and so like Dunkin' Donuts was kind of the only place to meet up before class and there's like more coffee there and it's just like, now it's just a thing. Now I'm a coffee drinker. I had avoided Great. it for so long. Great. I think that's very common, though. Acting and uh, directing typically gets you right into just coffee. Mm -hmm. Like none of the harder stuff, none of that. So that's Monster good. energy drinks. Oh, yeah. listen, listen. Come on. Done, done, done. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave it there for now because I want to make sure we have enough time, obviously, to talk about the show and talk about how you both got into acting and writing mm -hmm. and uh, directing uh, professional arm wrestling. I think very few people know that about both of you, and that's yeah. how yeah. Mm -hmm. that's how you met initially. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so uh, let's hear another song. We'll hear KT Tunstall. 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 KT, if you're listening, I know you're a big listener. If you want to call in and let us know how to pronounce your name, <laughs> that would be great. This is Little Favors on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Uh, so Katie called in. It's Katie Tunstall. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to WPRK Winter Park, Florida, and you're listening to a certain degree. This is a very special episode. I generally don't have two guests on, but you guys are charmers. <laughs> Ashley Ann Gardner, Monica Mulder are here. Uh, they have a show coming up in less than two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's a one weekend only show. And it is two one acts written by Ashley. So thank you for writing those. Thank you. Thank because you. otherwise thank there you. wouldn't be a show. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or it would not be a good show because they'd just be up there. What do we do? Aimlessly do we wandering. Yeah. The stage. actor's nightmare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's. I've yeah. lived that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can do some improv, but there's only so much you can yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, funeral and ghost party. Is the name ghost and funeral oh, party? I'm ghost ampersand funeral party. Ghost, you know, I should have written this down at some point. And funeral, party. this party. is a really good radio. Yeah, he wrote it. He did a good ampersand. Everybody. Oh, did he? I can't. I can see. never write Let an ampersand. See. Oh yeah, that's a good ampersand. Thank you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you. So we're here on uh, Symbol Talk with Ashley and Monica. <laughs> Great, great to have you here. We're going to talk about wingdings. So if you have any questions about wingdings, please call in. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good font. Yeah, that is. It's actually one actually of the best. Expertise. Yeah, one wingdings of the best. font. <laughs> I have a really, really good clean joke about fonts, but, you know. Go ahead. Go oh, for it. Uh, what font does toilet paper type in? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. What font does toilet paper type in? Times New Roman. <laughs> It's terrible. It's pretty bad. 
<laughs> it's it pretty bad. It doesn't get any funnier the third time. <laughs> Oh, I, I think know. that's the point. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I, I did laugh better. more than the first time. So you did. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate was it. Was it laughing at the joke or were you laughing because yeah, you're laughing. embarrassed <laughs> to be associated? A little bit of both. That's yeah. what puns are. They're just groaners. Yeah. 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 Well, as a dad, yeah. No, just I know. Surrounded by puns. Oh, yeah. my God. Pun, punsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's talk about the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I think it's going to be very exciting, obviously, for you both. Uh, as acting in both of them. Uh, Ashley, you wrote it. Mm-hmm. Monica, you're acting in the one that Ashley is directing. And Ashley, you're acting in the one that Monica is directing. Yes, you got it. So it's pretty interesting because, uh, so from your perspective, Monica, you're being directed by the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. So you have to probably be very open and very collaborative uh, with Ashley in order to make sure that her vision is is oh, yeah. true to an extent. It's a super collaborative process, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's been really wonderful. Like our whole team from uh, cast, the whole cast and crew has just been like really wonderful to work with. Like yeah. it's kind of, I, I was, I was making a pun when I posted our dream video, but it really <laughs> yeah. is a dream team for me. Good. And I, I hope for all of us. Yeah, it really is. Um, this is honestly like one of, one of the, um, the most positive experiences that I've had doing theater um mm-hmm. you're just really collaborative everybody's really open um to experimenting like uh, with different acting exercises mm-hmm. um and just like being on time like that's really important like that's a technical aspect you have to be on time all the time but everybody's just really wonderful so ashley from your perspective you wrote it but then you're being directed by monica mm-hmm. in uh in which one are you acting in i'm in funeral party okay you're in funeral party uh, how's that? So, you know, letting go of some of your control. Now, the playwright generally has to let go to the director anyway. Yeah, of course. But the playwright often isn't in the play and being directed by somebody else. So what was what's that process for you? And is that sort of a, in a way, is it a cathartic process? Because you're you're letting go of it, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I look forward to both shows like both rehearsal segments every week um the the one for ghost i, I really like because I, I love working with the team but the one for funeral party um it's very uh, there's like a release that happens where i like i uh, i just go into because i'm an actor first and foremost and then i i started playwriting so i kind of go back to my roots as an actor um and and giving up like quote unquote control of mm-hmm. the script is really easy for me because once a script is like set out loud like those characters don't really belong to the playwright anymore they they are themselves right. um so and it, it's also really great because um i love exploring character as an actor and so any actually like any script changes have come from monica and they're really great i i don't think that there's ever been a time where she suggested something and i've said no because it always works right mm-hmm well, and it's you you write it. Uh, I would imagine the writing process is you write it and then to have it up and staged and see it through somebody else's characterization, yeah. that's going to make it a little bit different. So they might need to say something different. They might need to do something different. Mm, yeah, especially with a new play. With plays that are published, um, it's generally bad form to change a line unless you get the playwright's permission mm-hmm. or the publisher's permission but we we have um we have liberties with the show because i'm here to approve um and sometimes you know that's i don't know it's neither here nor there just because like if something works it works um but 
yeah. Um, yeah, where were we? What were we talking about? I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> so one, one last question about the writing process yeah. then. Would you go back after seeing maybe a change that Monica has made uh, or seeing it staged, would you actually uh, change your play yeah. accordingly? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because okay. it works. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We've always said in rehearsals, like if something, if something works, then like I would always make changes to our stage manager, um, Cece Smith is incredible. And she'll always ask me, do you want to make that change as like the, like the director the show or permanent? Yeah. The oh, show okay. or just permanent. And I always say permanent because it always makes it better. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very neat. Yeah. And Monica from a direct, so we know you're a caffeinated actor. <laughs> yep. Very caffeinated. <laughs> Uh, from an from a directing perspective, this is your first directing gig. Um, yeah, first full on thing. I've yeah. I made a couple very small short films, and um, I directed a scene for a friend um, at, at a, a different acting studio than what I go to. So that was like kind of dipping my toes in. And I've done. Um, I was assistant director with Aisha Soto doing Laramie Project. So that was a learning process. But yeah, this is my first full on directing project. What has the experience been like coming from an actor's background mm-hmm. uh, in terms of telling people what to do and thinking um, about their the choices that they've made and, you know, like how do you sometimes, and, and maybe Ashley, don't listen to this part, how do you sometimes steer them in the direction you want them to go? No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I've... I've had training. I've been training for almost three years at um, Truthful Acting Studios. So I was I was actually texting uh, my teacher the other day, and I was like, I feel like um. So the the two owners and teachers there are Rob and Marco, and I was like, I feel like a little like Rob Monica Marco creature when I'm directing because I hear both both of their voices in my head and mm-hmm. activities that they've both done in class, but then I put my own spin on them and and customize them for the show, mm-hmm. and also um. John, uh, that's in the show with Ashley, he's just starting the process. Um, that's actually how I cast him because he's in my class. I'm, I started back over at part one. So um, he's in the class and he's in the process, but she's she's not gone through the same process. So it's been interesting um, customizing the tools I've learned for, for people that haven't gone through that process and right. making it, you know, something I learned over maybe six months and condensing it. And how do I make this applicable in one rehearsal? And I've, I've, fallen and totally in love with it. I, I was talking to um, Rick, who's uh, with me in Ghost, and he's also a really talented playwright. Um, I was talking about that last night with him. I was like, oh, no, because like now I have two itches, you know? Like if you don't act for a while, you get the itch to act. And yeah, now that I've realized up. how much mm-hmm. I love directing, I'm like, oh, man, now I'm going to have the directing itch. Yeah. And this might be my only opportunity where I'm like directing and acting at the same time. And now I think from here on out, future projects are going to be like, I'm going to miss one or the other. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to come and direct me at any time okay, yeah. on this show. Uh, yeah. Uh, because I feel like some direction would actually be really you handy sometimes. Yeah. So just so consider that. Yeah. I can't sure, pay sure. Oh, nor wow. can I offer any benefits other than you get to get up super early that's, on Monday morning. That's most gigs in Florida. Yeah. Non-union state. No, that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, so let me take it back a step and talk a little bit about uh, something I'm in, always interested in is uh, like coming out of high school. What was your plan and was it mm. acting related? Was it something else altogether? Did you go right to college or did you kind of move around? So Ashley, I know from your perspective, you went to Valencia College first. I did. Yeah, I went to Valencia for theater um, first and foremost. And um, oh, there's so many there are so many things that like an actor goes through when they start college for acting. 
there's a lot of arguments with their family about like, is this degree going to be a is degree a that gets you decision? money? Yeah. Yeah, is it a smart decision? Well, there's the stereotype of the starving artist, right? Mm -hmm. And no parent wants their child not to have the, the, the means to sustain themselves. Yeah. But I, I also, I, I also think that a lot of uh, the concern in, that comes from parents is out of care um, mm -hmm. and they want their children to do well because they don't want to see their children struggle, which, and it's out of love. Um, but I also don't think that um, a lot of people know how many opportunities there are in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Like you can be a technician, a writer, an actor, um, and and all of those things are necessary. Um, so a lot of that fear comes from just not knowing what lies beyond right. college right. for their for their child. But I started out with theater, and then I had a professor in my comp two class at Valencia, I wrote a paper on uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper. And he wrote, he gave me an A plus on it. And he told me, um, you should consider submitting this to like the the Phoenix, I, I think the, the college magazine was. And, and that was the moment when I have always loved reading and writing. And that was the moment where I decided, wow, I should, I should probably just get a literature degree um, because I can do acting on the side um, but I would really like to write mm -hmm. uh, in college and beyond. So I I went and I got a a, a BA in lit, lit uh, from UCF, and then I also did my master's um, at UCF too. Uh, the long one is literary, cultural, and textual studies, um, but the shorter one is just like an MA in English lit. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So then. That's really interesting because I think that the, yeah, the general idea is that you can't do anything with a theater degree, mm -hmm. yeah. but I almost want theater, like thinking about my kids and thinking about being a recovering introvert myself and how little I talked from the time I was 18 to the time I was 25, 26, uh, I could have used that training. I could have used some improv skills. I could have yeah. used some getting up on stage and just scaring myself into being more comfortable talking. Yeah, that's what theater is really good for, yeah. um, for, for shy kids. Um, mm -hmm. They encourage, I remember my professor at, um, at Valencia, um, she put out like a flyer that said, are you like, you shy, are you nervous about getting up in front of people? You should take acting one because it'll really help you come out of your shell yeah. and, and speak in front of other people. And it's such a valuable tool and improv. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible at improv, but I know I see its value. Um, so yeah, it's such a, like a, a valuable tool for just like an everyday job because you have to know how to talk to people. Yeah. Monica, how about you coming out of high school? Yeah. Arm um, wrestling circuit. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. Um, yeah, I did, I did theater in high school and I loved it. And I think I had this deep yearning to continue doing it, but I was, I was painfully shy back then and theater helped me a lot. Um, but I only ever got parts like because I spent a lot of time backstage. Like when I first auditioned sophomore year, I didn't get any parts. And um, so I'd be stage manager. And so I'd fill in when someone was sick or out or whatever. And um, and it was this long, slow process because I was terrible at auditioning for the, the director there to see that I could I could do it. Like once once I had a part, I was fine. I never I actually never even really got stage fright that much. But um, um, the auditioning process was painful for me. So in any case, um, I after after high school, I got kind of got it in my head. Well, 
I'm never going to have the chance again for someone to take like a year to figure out that I can act. So I went to a couple auditions, uh, kind of self-sabotage, didn't prepare enough and bombed them entirely and made this very young, foolish decision that acting was not for me and that I couldn't do it. So you had this self-fulfilling prophecy Self-fulfilling sort of prophecy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I actually, I auditioned for the um, UCF BFA program and I, I um, was completely naive to what that was. Like I didn't really have... Uh, any guidance on the whole college process. I didn't really understand what a BFA was. I thought the audition was a formality. And then I got there and I was in a room of like, I don't know, in my mind, it was like 500 people, but it was probably like a hundred, but, um, and there, they, they came in, they're like, thank you all for coming out. Um, you know, there's only going to be like six of you making it into the program. And my heart just dropped and I was like, oh my God, like I did not prepare <laughs> enough to try to compete for one of for six one spot, to 12 yeah. spots or whatever. I had no, and it, and it was so, um, uh, for me at the time, you know, being like 18 or whatever I was, it was just like demoralizing. Just, I'm not gonna, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do this. And, uh, and I could have done a bachelor's in, in theater, but I kind of, I think it was the fear, convinced myself, well, yeah, I can do acting on the side. Let me do something practical with my bachelor's degree. So I got a psych degree because that's super practical, especially mm -hmm. when you're not planning to get a master's. Well, um, a psych degree, <laughs> like it adds so much, like, yeah, it adds yeah, another I, element I'm, to acting. Yeah. I learned a lot and I enjoyed yeah. it. But as far as like stability or career, yeah. um, the only thing I've ever used my psych degree for, I could have had any bachelor degree for. Sure. I, for for any of my sure. teaching that I've done, all I needed was a bachelor's was degree bachelor's, to get yeah. get my foot in the door. So I could have I could have done theater and been just as well off, or even better because maybe I would have gotten into the technical aspects and been able more better equipped to do like stage management or, or lighting or whatever. I'm, I heard about this girl traveling with the circus doing doing lighting all over the world, and I was like, dang it, like that could have been me. But, uh oh. Um, yeah, I, I just heard circus and I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to run away yeah. doing the circus. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, to hear that there... Do they have room for the bearded man? Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah, freak show kind yeah. of thing. I mean, it's, it's they're kind of everywhere now. I hate to what? tell you. They are. Yeah. Beards are really popular now. No, they oh, right. look kind of like this lumberjack. Oh dapper. no, I meant beard on my back. Oh, I have on a your back, back beard. Oh, beard. Yeah. Then there might be something for okay. you there. We like, like, you know, we like make it like a shape or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I generally do. Cirque doesn't oh, yeah. really do the freak show thing, but I do. I do have a couple of friends there. I'm gonna put in a good let's, word for okay, you. Okay, so yeah. let's connect about that offline. Yeah. So I apologize. I, I no, I mean, so degree, yeah, and then came degree, back to acting. Later came on. back to acting. Um, you know, not to age myself, but nine years later, <laughs> it took me about that long to um, go on this strange roller coaster journey, living in many different places and and going through lots of different experiences. And uh, other, like, my backup dreams kind of crashing and burning before I was like, well, what have I got to lose now? Let me go back to this original dream. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so thankful and grateful that I found my way back to it because I can't imagine myself doing anything else right now. Well, it's interesting, too, because there's no, what I'm hearing from both of you is there's no real right way to do it. If you're passionate about mm -hmm. something, you don't need the degree in it. Um, in fact, uh, the degree is important potentially, but it, you know, it doesn't really matter what you yeah. have it. And we, I hear from a lot of people that you need a business degree, for example, mm -hmm. right now, everybody thinks that's the most practical aspect. And it's, it's really about you, right? The degree yeah. supplements your yeah. passion. Yes, yes, exactly. Great. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. So having taken this roller coaster of a, and this, uh, you know, this, th these different paths, 
Is there any advice you would have for people looking at this, maybe going into acting or maybe going back to acting? Um, I would say you're never too old. Mm -hmm. That's a big one I hear, and I had it myself. Um, It's so funny, too, because when I was 21, I lived in L.A., and uh, I never went to a single audition, didn't even submit to be an extra, and that's easy. You go to an office, they take your picture, and then you're on set. Um, But... At 21, I already thought I was too old, which was so, it's so funny to me now because I was looking at, I was looking at all the A-list actors and going, well, their mom was an actor or they started when they were five or this, that, the other thing. So I'm already 20 years behind or whatever the case may be. So um, maybe that would be the the advice is don't look at the the top, top, top celebrities, right. look at the working actors. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when you start looking at the working actors, the ones where you're like, oh, I've seen her in something or they're in a show or yeah. maybe you don't know their name off the top of your head, but you recognize right. them. Those actors did not get there by like nepotism and, and starting young. They got no. there by the hard work and the training. And, practice, and, yeah. and um, there's a really great podcast called Inside Acting. And one of my favorite episodes was uh, Jenna Fisher from The Office. Oh, yeah. And talking about how she was in L.A. for like five years with nothing. You know, I think we all hear the fast forwarded version of like, she went to LA and then she was famous and you don't understand the t- the time it takes and the commitment it takes. And um, the way they tell us at Truth Lacting is it's like, they're like, it's like becoming a doctor. Like you're, you're going to, you're going to put eight to 20 years in before anything of substance happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, ha- and to know that, that it's, it's a long plan. You're not going to just be like, I'm an actor now. Where are my parts? Yeah. Your um, time and your work is your yeah. investment. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Monica, your old timey newsreel voice. <laughs> so I don't know if that was something that you've worked on in yeah, the past. You, know. you should really <laughs> look at parts. I, for that. I, I liked a lot of Judy Garland growing up, so. <laughs> Ashley, uh, any advice? Um, I would say just do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. And I, that's mm-hmm. really general, but um, sign up for an acting class. Like, there's Truthful Acting. There's There are, there are a whole bunch of other acting studios in mm-hmm. town. Um, you can even, if you really want to, um, you know, register at Valencia or something and then like yeah. take the acting class there. Or improv classes yeah. at SAC. Improv classes at SAC, yeah. It's a good way to dip your toes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's, if you, if you just want to get into acting and like try to create a character, like go to Barnes & Noble or go to Amazon.com and look for a play or I, it, it might not be easy with Amazon because you can't like look in the book. Right. Um, but maybe Amazon later, but Barnes and Noble first and you just go to the theater section and you pick up a play and you start reading it and like, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Um, and if you like it, you buy it and then you go home and you read it and then you start reading parts out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really good way to, to sort of start your, your way into, um, like the acting process and then just read, like look up articles online, um, about, uh, how to you know do character, how to do auditions, yeah. um, and then ask. Just ask other people for advice. Go to shows. Go to yeah. shows. Go to That's local yeah. so important. Not just like our people. show, but yeah, yeah supporting. There's community. so much good theater in Orlando mm-hmm. happening, right. and I, I like. I try my best to go see as much as I can, and it's hard when you're in rehearsal. Like, um, I miss friend shows, and I feel so bad about it because I want to see everybody. But I I can't tell you how many actors I met that have never seen a play, and then they want to go audition for plays. And it's like you got you got to know gotta what go it's all about. Yeah. You got to see it. You got to support other people. It's not just about you. It's a community process. And a lot of people are really afraid of failing their first time, and yeah. it's like, like. J.K. Rowling submitted what, like thirty times to Something different crazy. publishers, yeah. and 
and they all rejected her. And then Harry Potter was born. It's it's about trying and failing and trying and failing mm-hmm. and then trying the one last time and then you getting it. Um, and if you don't get it that time, then you try again. Yeah, uh, building up that callus and yeah, you know, yeah. being unafraid. And if you don't, if you never try, then you'll never succeed. Yeah. It's like factual. Well, yeah. and they and they tell us that truthful, like actors at the top of their gang, top top actors, their booking rate is still only ten percent. So you think that's one out of ten, and uh, ten out of a hundred auditions you're getting you're doing a lot of auditions you auditioning is you and you have to learn to love auditioning mm-hmm. I, the way that helps me is you you just look at it as a little mini performance yeah. it might be the only time you get to act for several months so have fun and do it mm-hmm. um i used to I, yeah go ahead i used to have really extreme audition anxiety uh like at a 10 and now i'm down to an eight but i'm still really <laughs> terrified of auditioning um but i started looking at it that way as like a small little performance mm-hmm. um, and it really really helps because as an actor you have to love performing and yeah. if you don't that you you just gotta work it comes up across, to it. Yeah, yeah yeah it comes across as you just being scared and not committed right um mm-hmm. but yeah you love the thing that you do and and go all in on it So then if you don't, if you are scared of auditioning, would your advice be to do a lot of monologues or however else you're going to audition that uh, reflect a very frightened character? (laughs) I I actually do that. Okay, Um, good. Well, one of my most recent auditions for for Universal, where I also work, um, was a, a school teacher substitute who wanders into the wrong class and she's really neurotic. Um, mm-hmm. And then she realizes that she's in the kindergarten class, not the eighth grade classroom. And she says a bunch of stuff that maybe isn't um, kindergarten, I don't know, friendly. Correct. Yeah, she talks yeah. about Psycho, yeah. like, <laughs> like well, the movie. It's learning to fuel the anxiety. Yeah. Um, like uh, the reason I know Jeremy is because I did This Is Our Youth with him last year. And the character I auditioned for, Jessica, was very insecure. And so I'd, I'd seen a few of Jeremy's shows and... I, I had such high respect for him and I wanted to work with him so badly and I was so nervous for that audition because I was like, I I'm, I was so surprised I even got a call back because I'm like, I'm too old for this character. I'm not 19. I'm like, I, I can't do this. And so I just channeled all that anxiety into Jessica because she is 19 and she is insecure and, I, and it helped me fuel my audition. And I after I auditioned, I felt, I felt really good about it because I knew I was able to, instead of letting the anxiety overtake me and derail me, I let it fuel and just channeled it into the character. And and that's really what it's all about. I think, um, you know, my acting teacher, Rob says that he, you know, I don't even know how old he is. He's timeless, ageless, but <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he says it never goes away for him and that you just, yeah, you just learn to channel and use mm-hmm. it correctly. And so if, if, if you're maybe looking for that moment where it's that never it uh, kind of sucks to audition, then, yeah. it might not ever come well, for you. I, I and that's fine. And it, it, it can't be, right? Because you're doing something that's, first of all, very subjective yeah. in yeah. front of people you may not even know mm-hmm. who are judging you. Yeah, and you don't know what they want, too. Right. And the, you could drive yourself crazy thinking, like, yeah. oh, do they want me to do it this way? Do they? No, and you just have to go in and do you and yeah. and let the chips fall where they may. A yeah. lot of it's about um, embracing who you are as a person and loving yourself enough to, mm-hmm. like, be that vulnerable person mm-hmm. as that character. Yep, yep, exactly. Well, let's leave it there for now. We okay. have to uh, take a break. We're going to play a song. Uh, we're going to talk more about Ghost and Funeral Party with Ashley Ann Gardner and Monica Mulder. On to a certain degree, you're listening to a, this show is named to a certain degree, and I never thought about how difficult it was going to be to say it. <laughs> to announce it. <laughs> yeah. So it's to a certain degree.com. 
and it's not the number. Ugh, it's just so bad. I just really need to rebrand. So if you guys can help me with that during <laughs> okay, the break, sure. I would really we'll appreciate that. Uh, that would be wonderful. Let's listen to some Shelby Lynn, where I'm from on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening <laughs> to a certain degree. A uh, lot of dancing going on here today. <laughs> it was quite, quite nice. Uh, I, I can really shake my hips. And yeah. what I found was, what I found was I need to go to the doctor more. <laughs> so good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. That was, we heard a couple of songs. So Ellis, Regina, and Antonio Carlos Jobam. Jobam. I'm looking at you. I'm not looking at it though. So I can't help J-O-B-I-M. you. J-O-B-I-M. Jobim. Jobim. B-I-M. Jobim. Yeah. Jobim, because it's the Portuguese pronunciation, so it's not a, it's not a, huh. yeah. it's, yep. Yeah. Agua, Aguas de Marco, so Waters of March, uh, which is a great song. Uh, David Byrne does a cover of it. He does. Yes. Yeah. And uh, before that, we heard from Shelby Lynn, where I'm from. And uh, yeah, so I'm here uh, doing the second hour of To a Certain Degree with some very, very special guests, Ashley and Gardner, oh. Monica, Mulder. <laughs> the show they're doing in less than a couple of weeks, four nights only, one weekend. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets now. You can find it on uh, Facebook. It's probably the easiest way to search yeah. for it. Ghost, Ghost ampersand. ampersand Funeral Party. Uh, so two one acts written by Ashley, uh, one directed by Ashley, one directed by Monica, both starring yes. or one starring Monica, one starring and other people too. Uh, but basically a very, very entra... Well, they're not here, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not dedicated <laughs> enough to get up so early. And so you're the... They, they would have. Been. Yeah, they would have been. Have. Yeah. yeah. Well, why didn't you tell them? I we, feel bad. We, died. we didn't know. I feel terrible We didn't now. want to impose. Oh, I would... No, that was fine. I think two people is the maximum so, I can We're handle. a lot to handle as yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, between the dancing, uh, the... Um, the sideways glances. And well, yeah. <laughs> the asides. I mean, you guys just keep doing asides to an audience that isn't here talking about me, which I think is really... It, it, so it feeds my ego, and at the same mm. time, it's kind of awkward because you're not mm. saying positive things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. So uh, we have a very special, I don't know if you've listened to any of the past episodes as I try to get the song ready, uh, but we have a very special part of the uh, show right now. And I feel like now that you've, uh, you, you obviously are both entrepreneurial, you do many, many different things, wear many different hats, mm-hmm. uh, photography, writing, acting, directing, uh, or as we mentioned earlier, arm wrestling. Yeah. So uh, what I do is I'm going to pitch a couple of ideas to you. And use your business acumen mm. to figure out if they're good ideas, if they're bad ideas. And uh, in general, the they are bad. And so we call it bad business ideas. So we'll listen to the song right now. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on. Yes, bad business ideas, because not all ideas start out as good, and none of these will ever get there. Mm. Uh, But before we get to your bad business ideas, you're going to have two, and you're going to get to choose which one you want to go with. You don't have to both choose the same one. Okay. That might be easier, though, because I don't know if you read the fine print on the website about being a guest on the show, is you do 
have to start this business. You are legally obligated to start this business. Mm, sure. Great. Yeah. Uh, so this one, before we get to yours, uh, this I just wanted to talk through this one because I want to understand a little more about it. So I was reacting to a uh, Twitter post by a friend of mine named Lindsay Thompson, better known as Lemon Hearted. She's a local blogger and writer, uh, social media consultant. And she was talking about having been mansplained uh, marketing, basically, a couple mm -hmm. of times uh, within 24 hours. Very frustrating process. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, this kind of set the wheels in motion in my head about, okay, how do we stop men from mansplaining things? And I thought, well, obviously, negative reinforcement is something that mm -hmm. works with us. So... <laughs> Thinking about the way that we would generally mansplain is out loud mm -hmm. or over the phone somehow. So if we could take the phone and add an app and a case to it. Mm -hmm. So what it would do is the app would always be listening or always be monitoring whatever's being input into the phone. And so anytime it hears somebody being patronizing or just conceited or in general kind of a, uh, it starts with a D and ends with a bag. Uh, it mm -hmm. would actually stab them. Mm. So the case would have Wolverine-style uh, claws. Adamantium. Yeah, yeah that would come I out. Uh, that, okay. uh, that would work. What were you thinking? I thought maybe like a light shock, you know. Oh, electricity. Oh, yeah. Like so a shock would, phone case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. We could do that. I like the stabbing, though. Yeah. So um, uh, That's a lot of blood. I don't I don't know about that. Because personally, up. like, if I... If if that would happen with me, I right. would pass out because I see blood and I pass out. But you would never but mansplain never anything. Mansplain. That's You're true. Safe. But if I'm but if I'm and with a but if I'm with a man who mansplains and he gets stabbed by his phone oh. case, then it could be dangerous to women. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I thought you might just start laughing. Oh, if I see blood? No. If oh. <laughs> If, if a mansplainer gets stabbed. Oh, if a mansplainer gets stabbed. And oh. then we get labeled crazy feminists. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just, maybe just, um, I was actually thinking a buzzer. Buzzer. A buzzer or or a really can. annoying person just going, eh, every time. And just, oh, okay. eh. Yeah, like we could, we could hire a our vocal own, buzzer. Yeah, our own vocal buzzer that just like stands <clears throat> behind them. And whenever they start to mansplain. All right, why don't we, why don't we try it? Okay. Why don't we try it? So I understand, uh, Ashley, you're really, really into improv. I think is what I heard <laughs> earlier. So Monica, you'll be the buzzer. Oh, fun. Yeah. So we'll meet and I'll just ask you what you do. And then uh, I'll, I'll start mansplaining. And so we'll see how this works. Okay. So we'll try it out. Okay. Okay. Oh, hey, how's it going? Are you getting some coffee? Yeah. Yes. Um, today's today's the first day I've been having coffee in a while. Great. Did yeah. you know about coffee, like how they roast it, that if you roast it, the longer you roast it, it's less caffeine? Uh, yes, I, d I did know that. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little more about it because I don't know. <laughs> See, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's it good. Works. Yeah. It's not a violent thing. It's just a, a small verbal cue. I kind of like the buzzer. Yeah. It, or it could be a mosquito noise. Everyone hates that. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. flying past your ear. So everyone just freaks out thinking yeah. there's a mosquito. Yeah. Yeah. And then totally resets the conversation. Or we could just go full on clockwork orange with it. I mean, that's... You tell me That's more. a precedent set. Oh, you know, just explain. the... Just the... Uh, and then just watch a bunch of people mansplaining and then you just never want to mansplain again. Mm, Is, yeah. Isn't that how that works? Yeah, I think so. I like it. Yeah, it adds to the human element, too, if there's another person there. It's not just all technology. You have yeah. another person there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. True.
All right. Well, very good. I think we solved mansplaining. I think yeah. we did. So nice job. They should let women solve problems more often. Yeah, they should. <laughs> Sorry, Your face Nick. can't say anything. We value you. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Ashley and Monica, may I call you Ashley and Monica? Of yes. course. Great. Uh, technology. Mm-hmm. Is it the worst thing ever? Oh, it's no. not the worst thing ever. Okay. No. We're now connected with all the people we mm-hmm. possibly want, could want to be connected with, along with a lot of other people that we probably wouldn't normally be connected yeah. with, but we have to be for whatever reason. Well, I don't know. I haven't gotten connected with Eddie Redmayne yet, so. Okay, so we're still working we're on that. We're not there yet. Yeah. I still but... have yet to meet Richard Dreyfus. so, yeah. Okay, Anyways, so. not to derail you. <laughs> hold on a second. Richard, Eddie, I know you listen. So if you want to come to the show a couple yeah. weeks, it's Ghost Ampersand Funeral Party. Please. Mm-hmm. We'll hold some tickets <laughs> at the front desk for both of you. Yes. Okay, for every show, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll put on an extra show just for them. Yeah, private, private show. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, like, oh, no, like, boy. <laughs> Let's get back to these connections that we're talking about. Soon yeah, we'll sure. be connected. We talked about smart homes earlier. We'll be connected mm-hmm. with all of our anim- inanimate objects. Mm. as well right refrigerators will tell you when you need certain groceries mattresses will tell you how you're sleeping pet food bowls will tell you how happy your dog is or whether or not he or she has food tooth and hairbrushes will tell you how healthy your mouth and scalp are hopefully respectively Mm. i don't want my toothbrush telling me how healthy my scalp is and (laughs) diapers will tell you all sorts of things shoes maybe using the same technology as diapers will let you know what you've stepped in and your clothes will monitor your every move down to the last calorie and sweat molecule. Like, it'll even be able to tell, like, what you're sweating out, like, what you should be eating, things of that nature. Okay. All this monitoring, all these sensors, is that a good thing? No. Oh. Well, it is for us because we have a new venture. Us. called. Oh, your business. Yes. Yeah. You, I'm sorry. Your potential business. Ours. Ours. Yes. Us. Sensor deprivation. So Sensor? what happens when you're getting too much from the sensors, too much information is coming in. Uh-huh. You need to be cut off from that altogether. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we come in, unbeknownst to you maybe, maybe you put a deposit down and we come to you at some point when we feel like maybe we're uh, also monitoring you and we have sensors put in place until you feel overwhelmed and super anxious. Then we come in and basically lock you in a room. So you have no sensors, you have no technology. Mm-hmm. You uh, basically get this this feeling of being disconnected for a little while. But mm-hmm. it's a forced disconnection mm-hmm. because you don't know when it's coming. And so that potentially feeds to the anxiety that you already have, but it's a different anxiety. You're not so worried about the sensors anymore. You're worried about when we come to, quote, unquote, kidnap you. Yeah. Mm. Have you spoken with a lawyer about this venture yet? I'm sorry. This is where you guys come in. Oh, okay. So from that's a our marketing, job. we need yeah. to get one on retainer. Yeah. Operating. That's probably true. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're doing a show called Ghost and Funeral Party, you might want to think about a lawyer anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, we have event insurance, so <laughs> yeah, pretty good there. So that's sensor deprivation. Any sensor questions? Any thoughts on that besides? Potentially the uh, the legality of legality. just grabbing somebody, but yeah. they paid us to grab them. They paid you, I guess. They yeah, they signed a lot signed of a paper. Contract. Yeah. Them. yeah. Oh, that reminds me of a movie that I once watched. But yeah, I I say yes, but for how long? How long would we 
kidnap someone for. That's a great point. So uh, what we have to do is monitor their level of anxiety and then determine how long they need in the uh, sensor deprivation tank in order to Mm -hmm. overcome that level of anxiety. So maybe there's a sliding scale. And when they're calm again, then you let them out. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought that far. Okay, yeah. As far as when we were going to let them out. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if their stress level, if their their cortisol levels reach like a low a low number, then you release yeah. them back into the wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. So maybe we're blaring through some sort of speaker all the time, like, you know, not really letting them sleep or anything and saying, hey, if you were calmer, we'd let you go. Like really yelling that at them, so they I think understand that, that defeats the purpose of the the sensory deprivation. How do you mean? Because that's sense set stuff. That that would, that would null the contract, I believe. At huh. that point, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting true. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Padded. See, I'm so white glad room. you guys are here to think about this <laughs> mm-hmm. because help you think these things through. Yeah, well, help you think these things through oh, because right. again, this is it's all, it's us, yeah. all yours, all yours. <laughs> have to okay. take control. Yeah. So that's uh, idea number one. There's still another idea. Okay. Oh, for this same, for this concept? No, for not oh, for this concept. Another There's another concept. entire concept. Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. So are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, where do you go for inspiration when you're working on a creative project? Hmm. Music. Music? Mm-hmm. That's good. So you listen to, uh, uh, obviously you're a big music fan because you've uh, written a song uh, <laughs> for one of your shows. You guys did the Dream uh, cover of The Zombies, mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P., too soon uh but the uh yeah so you listen to some music Mm -hmm. maybe go for a walk Mm -hmm. do some yoga interpretive dance Mm -hmm. i'm just throwing out some things that some people might do i I go to um to movies and sometimes youtube Mm. um like when i played someone with associative identity disorder i went and found youtubers that had it and um were sharing their stories because I didn't want to do a copy of a copy i wanted to go straight to the source so youtube is a great resource for that for those sorts of specific things or accents, right? Seeing how certain how people, people really yep. talk as opposed to an actor putting on an accent and then trying to learn from that. And it's like you get too many degrees of separation. Music videos are also really helpful. Mm-hmm. From a visual standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, Florence and the Machine has uh, her her most recent album, um, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Um, she has the director who directed all of the music videos for that album, um, put all of the music videos together in one film. And so it's like a 45 or 50 minute long film. Oh, right, you're telling Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very visual. So I, I like the sound aspect. It was, it was occurring to me that sound is a big part of it. And from a writing perspective or from an acting perspective, like thinking about how sound is incorporated into those things. Mm-hmm. So what I did was uh, I want to propose a new venture. It's called a square peg in a sound hole. And what it is, is we would provide a minute to minute and a half scenes for you, but just the audio. So I'm going to play one now and maybe you can imagine what it, what kind of scene it would be. Mm -hmm. And that might inspire you to come up with other scenes. So let me just play this right now. Hmm. Oh, you can't hear this. This is where we needed the head. So that's, of course, uh, rain. I'm going to turn it down a little bit. 
mm-hmm. rain, bike, and turkeys. So what kind of what kind of show or what kind of uh, what does that inspire you to think of? Oh, I didn't know that it was turkeys. I thought that they were like Canadian loons. Oh, see, you're going international with it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, rain. I thought that it was a river. I didn't know that it was rain. So mm-hmm. I, I before I um before I heard the the turkeys and well. Canadian loons. <laughs> Before I heard the Canadian loons, I thought that it was like in maybe Paris with like a bike, like a bike chime. Mm-hmm. Somebody riding a bike through Paris. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I was seeing like um, like a porch on the plains somewhere, like a little oh, house yeah. on the prairie sort of thing. Ooh, that changes things. Very nice. Okay, so I'm going to play another one. Okay. Now that you have headphones, you'll be able to hear it and talk at the same time. So feel free to uh, yeah. okay. uh, to go ahead and do that. All right, now make sure you can hear this. So we're starting out. So what's happening so far in your head? What are you thinking about this scene? Wild West. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On a roller coaster. Wild West of the Sea World. There are some seals. The seals are... Uh, maybe it's the seals shooting the guns. <laughs> well, maybe. I think, obviously, the seals are shooting the guns. They're just really mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. why are they mad? Oh, um, somebody took their fish. Ah. And that's why they're shooting the They're trying to get the fish back. That's good, because for the, you know for every scene and every one act and every play, you need conflict, right? Need conflict. Yeah, of course. And then, potentially, resolution... So how do you think the seals resolved uh, that scene? Um, I don't think that they're real. I think they're water guns. So mm. they just, they, there's so much water that, yeah, they just, there's so much water that the people who took their fish just slip and fall on the ground and they spill the fish everywhere. And then the seals like run over or they flap over. They flap oh. over. They and flap they, over. <laughs> they pick up the, the seals fish. seals are want to do. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you want slapstick with it. Yeah. yeah I don't even, I, but I don't know how the seals... Use the use the water guns because they don't have opposable thumbs and like like fingers and well yeah I was thinking cartoon and yeah oh, okay yeah cartoon. yeah yeah so you anthropomorphized them and yeah. gave them little hands and little hats mm-hmm. oh well oh I like the hats yeah yeah like see belts. I like the belt getting creative on, this God. is what the goal is with this so <laughs> all right let's try uh, why don't we do one more uh, because I feel like we'll just keep doing this forever okay so this one. So, are you familiar with these sounds? Uh-huh. In the squad car? Yeah. Mariska Haggerty might be able to come on for this one. Yeah. Oh. A little piccolo action. Yeah. It's... it's... <laughs> I see, like, a, a, a little boy walking by the cop car, like... Like... Uh, old timey like using a stick to run a run a tire or a hoop. Hoop, yep. <laughs> stick and hoop. But then this this angry stray cat is getting in his way. I want some food. I saw a police officer sitting in his car, um, and like the the piccolo is the soundtrack to his life, and his partner is the angry cat. Oh, I like, I like it. As yeah. many of our partners are. 
Yeah. Angry, Angry cats. cats. Yeah. Angry cats. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's how I describe my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Angry cat. Love you, Dad. All right. Well, do you want to do one more? Or was that enough? Yeah, let's do Okay, let's do one more. Okay, this is uh, a lot of uh, wind-related things are happening in this one. Oh, should I let the cat finish out? That's okay. Is the cat still going? Yeah, it's okay. All right, so uh, it starts out with wind. Mm. What are you visualizing here so far? It's giving me King Lear flashbacks. Because Fool and Lear go in the storm yeah. together when Lear's going crazy. Oh, you may also be jonesing for some tea at this point because that's what's being boiled. Oh, the, yeah. oh gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's a, yeah. it's a shack with a broken window. Oh, uh, okay. And old ladies in there making tea. Making tea, yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, and there's an owl outside her window. Yeah. Watching her. Mm-hmm. But what's the, the owl thinking? Oh. He wants that pie she he, just baked. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking he wants some tea. Oh. Yeah. No, he's not going to be satisfied with tea. He wants pie. Does he hang out a lot? It's a mincemeat pie. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Then he doesn't have to spit the bones out. Mm -hmm. That gets cumbersome. That gets cumbersome. (laughs) Says the person who doesn't like zombies. All right, good. Good. Well, thank you for that. So that was a square peg in a sound hole. Uh, So you have two choices. You have two wonderful meals set before you. Sensor deprivation. Uh, and a square peg in a sound hole. Which would you like to do? Now, again, you don't have to pick the same one. Hmm. You could do different ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, for one, I liked the square peg in a sound hole. Okay. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh-huh. So we will try that out as yeah. a, uh, as a, a business. Good exercise. Feel yeah, free yeah. To, uh, to do that and take that in whatever direction you want. Yeah. I can obviously help with some of the sound design. Yeah. Um, that was all me, by the way. That was my Foley artistry. That's great. Yeah, the what cat, program do you use? The piccolo. No, no, no. That's just like oh, I'm with like your voice? the guy from. Ooh. Yeah, I can't do it. It's, voice actor. It's too early for me to do to any do of right the now. sounds now. Oh. So that's why I recorded it or else. Okay. I'm just yeah. 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 Live gotcha. in person. Gotcha. It made way more sense. Uh, but yeah. So all right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna play another song. Let us hear. Do you guys like the new pornographers? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh good. The band. Yeah. Oh, good. Nico Case or the new girl? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we'll play uh, one of their songs. This is Mutiny, I Promise You, I think is how you pronounce it. You're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. The new pornographers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, Mutiny, I Promise You. Really need to get better at saying the names of songs. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Ashley and Monica are here from a production that is starting not this weekend, next weekend. February 22nd. 22nd. Opens on a Thursday. Ghost and Funeral Party. Mm -hmm. And you can look that up on Facebook. It's probably, again, the easiest way to see it. or Eventbrite for tickets. Eventbrite for tickets. Uh, And uh, tickets are on sale now. You can get them now, which I would recommend because... Mm -hmm. It's only a one weekend, one weekend. run. Right. Put it in your calendar. Plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take your friends to see it. All of your friends. But All not, of not them. Your kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Eight, eighteen and up. Eighteen and up. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Uh, I mean, if they're very mature. 16 year olds, maybe as as all 16 year olds are. So, uh, talk a little bit about the show in terms of how much do you want to share about it, like what it is and what the sort of stories are. Mm. Do you want me to 
to take that? Or do you want to describe a funeral party and I'll describe ghosts? Sure. Okay, cool. I mean, you can have me describe it, but I don't know anything don't, about them. Yeah. Oh, So okay. I could just guess right. from the titles if you want. That's a good improv exercise. Yes, mm-hmm. that is. Here's a title. Guess what it is. <laughs> um, ghost is about a postal courier named Lyle who delivers a package to uh, a woman named Petra and who um, Monica plays Petra Cabot and uh, Ricardo Soltero Brown plays Lyle Emerson. Uh, And then Jamie Roy plays um, a male model named Sebastian. And Petra is a photographer. She's an interdisciplinary artist. She's a photographer, painter, um, sketch artist. And then, um, and then Lyle uh, delivers a package to her uh, by happenstance. He gets, he, he gets the package by happenstance, but Petra and Lyle knew each other two years prior, but they, um, they had, uh, an encounter at a wedding. And after that, Petra stopped talking to Lyle and ghosted him. Ah, yeah. okay. And, and so Lyle comes back to deliver the package. And while he's there, he realizes that he wants answers, uh, to why Petra has ghosted him. And in the middle of a fight, uh, Sebastian knocks on the door because he has, a six o'clock appointment with Petra to have Her some photos, photos taken. Mm-hmm. Neat. Mm-hmm. All right. It's about like this this rekindling of a, of an appreciation for uh, between Lyle and Petra and why why they were together to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then why obviously they're not. Why they're not? Yeah. Okay. And that one's billed as a comedy, but it does have some tender, heartfelt moments. It does. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, and so then Funeral Party is uh, the, the second act and it's a more dramatic piece. Um, it's uh, Ashley plays Gwen and John Cress plays uh, Trip, And they've snuck into a crematory to mourn their friend Clay who has committed suicide. And so Clay was Gwen's boyfriend at the time of the suicide and also Tripp's best friend. But there's also a history between Gwen and Tripp because they used to date before she was with Clay. Um, and and that one will rip your heart out in the best ways. Um, <laughs> I am putting them through the ringer with the acting and, and getting to those emotional yeah. depths, and it's mm-hmm. just really beautiful to see. And um, it's been really incredible because um, uh, we, we had to uh, recast one of the actors d- due to a scheduling conflict that came up, and um, the uh, Jonathan... John jumped in like full speed ahead and I felt like we lost no time at all. And it was, it was, I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that we were able to do that because anytime, anytime you have to recast, it's just like, ah, like you're, you you know, it it was a good 10 hours of panic and, and, and contacting every actor we knew. And, and so, but everybody um, really came together. Like the entire team that we had was just like all hands on deck, red alert. And just everybody was trying to figure this out. Yeah. The, the teamwork that happened was so wonderful. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I really always find it interesting. Like, um, at Truth Acting Studios, sometimes, uh, when we do our final scenes, they double up the scenes and give them to different groups to do. And it's just, it's just so cool to see each person's different take on, on the same words mm-hmm. and the same character, mm-hmm. but what each person brings to it. And so his, his trip is a very different trip than what we had worked with before, but it's, it's so wonderful in its own way. And, and I would have been very pleased with either, either outcome or either trip, but it was cool to get to see both. Yeah, there's a different dynamic that happens with um, with two different actors um, in in the same roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the do you want to talk about the casting decision that the the thing? Oh, sure. If you'd Not like to give to. anything away. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, I guess I'll start by saying that when I originally wrote the the scene that comes um, at the end of Funeral Party, I had a very different um, relationship uh, dynamic in mind for how the show was supposed to end and how the characters were going to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was supposed to be like very one way. And then when we were casting, Monica had like a different idea about yeah, it. Yeah, and that helped us make our final casting decision because um, we they're very particular parts to cast in, in a trip, especially we, we had a hard time deciding who we wanted to play trip. And so, um, because a, a similar type could pay, play trip or Lyle. So it was almost more like we had the people we wanted and we just weren't sure which part was which, like, mm-hmm. do, is he Lyle and he trip or vice versa, um, between the two different shows and, and just seeing, um, a certain moment at the end, um, I kind of saw it in a gentler way and saw that, um, uh, this one particular actor could could de- yeah bring the dynamic forth, would yeah. show that better with that actor, and so then that helped us do like our final okay lock it in. These are the actors these for the these actors. parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. And we've also joked about um like us switching um, yeah you know Gwen and Petro <laughs> at some point. That'd be really fun. Um, oh, Frankenstein style. Yeah. What. <laughs> Oh, Frankenstein, when they did this stage play with uh, Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch, oh, they would switch they between oh, the, yeah. oh, okay. they did that between with, the doctor um, and the uh, monster. True West, they did that with, um, I want to see Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley. Oh, that's They're, so interesting. True West is a, a show with brothers, and they would, they would oh, swap. Oh, they would swap roles. And I, there's yeah. two women that did that in another show, too, but I don't remember what mm. it was. But yeah, I guess when I just blurt out Frankenstein style, yeah, that might be taken yeah. in a different way. Well, it's funny because there's there's references to Frankenstein in a uh, in funeral party. party, so I was like, huh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, um, in a very happenstance sort of way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I thought that would be fun because um, Gwen and Petra are very very different characters, and mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see each other's take on it. Yeah, Petra, um, Petra's like kind of well, you describe Petra. Petra's very um, tough and guarded, and she feels a lot, but she doesn't want to show it. She, I think she's been hurt a lot. So she's, and she lives in New York, and she's an artist, and she kind of has this, like, air of toughness that she puts on. Um, whereas Gwen... Gwen's more bubbly. Um, Gwen Gwen feels a lot, too, but she hides it in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, she she likes to, to be strong but silly um, to sort of deflect a lot of different um, emotions that she's feeling. Uh, and there are certain parts in the show when, uh, like, they'll have this trip, and Gwen will have this moment where they um, they're they're acting kind of lighthearted, and then Gwen will say something about Clay, who's in the room with them, and um, and then things will kind of be brought down, and to bring it back, to bring their attention elsewhere, she'll suggest something um, to to sort of protect Trip from feeling um, so low and so sad about things. Mm-hmm. So Gwen is more of a protector in a roundabout kind of way. And Petra's more like survival. Mm -hmm. Like she's got to take care of herself. She's got to survive. And she drops F-bombs. She does. She She likes that word. Great. (laughs) I'm uh, glad she's not here this morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could have brought her, but, you know. Monica's got to be out sometimes. It's quite all right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, from a creative standpoint, we just have a, a few minutes left. Um, and so if we have time for the the pop quiz, I'm sure you guys are really looking forward to that. Because really, uh, having two people here that I don't know that well, I obviously have to pick a favorite. 
So oh. I was going to use the pop quiz as an opportunity to we fuse our bodies and to just figure like... out. Uh, okay, well let, let's talk about that. Later. <laughs> but from a show. creative standpoint, um, and I wanted to talk about writing specifically for you, Ashley, and photography for you, Monica, because okay. that's one of the things that uh, that you do as well. Yeah. Um, again, you guys wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most important thing to you when you're looking at creating a new piece? Like what do you, or from a photography standpoint, obviously sometimes you're, you're being hired to photograph a specific thing, mm-hmm. but then you probably also go out and do your own thing. There's something you want to capture, yeah. uh, in a, in a moment, in a, in a still. And so what is the most important thing from a, from a starting mm-hmm. point, point of view? Do you just wake up and you know what you want to shoot or what you want to write or is it you you start writing and then it might take you in a bunch of different directions? The same thing with the uh, the photography. I think for me it starts with um, with a bit of conversation that I've thought about, um, and from there it leads to atmosphere. So like like two people talking um, about a particular thing, and then it just kind of um, it expands. Uh, like a I don't know. Like we do this exercise. Um, that Monica has, it's, um, that we've done in rehearsal about like taking a ball and like expanding out Mm -hmm. from there. And that's kind of what it feels like. There's this very particular thing that happens between two people, a conversation that they have and that conversation branches out into something else. I mean, it just kind of grows from there. Um, so it's, it's mostly dialogue that I find interesting, Mm -hmm. um, and that I want to expand on and explore. So playwriting is, is about exploration of themes and conversations and character. Um, and and from the conversation expands to atmosphere. Um, and then it kind of like goes back down a little bit to plot. And then it, it starts expanding out and out and out and out. About like mm-hmm. relationships the characters have with other characters right. who are not present. Yeah. So you may not know the setting or what the conflict is going to be maybe. But uh, yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, I really like this dialogue. I like where it's going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep exploring that. Yeah. And you yeah. can always go back and edit. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. great thing about creating yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Monica, how about uh, um, taking a, is it, is it photograph? Photography. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, d- I don't do it as a profession much these days. I do a lot of headshots now. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, for years I worked with different studios and different um, aspects. My most recent one, I was a poolside photographer, but it, it doesn't really matter if I'm, if I'm doing kind of more like school pictures or what, or my own artistic pursuits. I think there's a moment where things kind of click. Um, and that's what I look for. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Um, things tend to go badly for me when I plan too much. Mm -hmm. Like I have this idea Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do this angle and whatever, but I really don't know until I get in the room with the person or people that are posing for the photos and kind of see like, I don't know. It's, it's, I work a lot on intuition with, with my directing and, and acting and, and in my photography where, you know, people call it like your flow state or in the zone or whatever that state is where you kind of reach that, like where you're not really thinking anymore. And you're just like, um, clicking in with that person and what makes them look the best and what makes them feel the best or what makes a certain emotion come across. Um, and that's where like the magic comes in and all my favorite images have come from just feeling that click in and other times I can do like very technically good 
images very objectively, like I did the photography part well, but um, maybe it didn't get a feeling across. Right. Um, so that's really what I look for. And, and there are times where you get it and that's the hope. And sometimes you don't, and that's okay. Cause that's, that's what happens in art. It's like, you gotta, you gotta do your thing anyway. And sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes the magic happens and sometimes it doesn't. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And speaking of uh, the magic happening, we are going to switch over now to the pop quiz. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Ashley. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Monica, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. So picking, no pressure, but yeah. picking my favorite. Sure. All right. Uh, and it's the Winter Olympics, mm -hmm. the time where we all go, wait, are we sure that's a sport? Mm -hmm. Hockey is one of those sports, and Canada is well known for its hockey culture, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm Canadian. I may mention it in every show. Uh, in the 1949 World Championships, the Canadian team beat Denmark by how many goals? So, Ashley, this is a number one, so I'm going to let you go first. And then there's the next one is also number one, and then Monica can go first, because that way you could just, whoever's closer gets this point. So, Canadian team in 1949 beat Denmark by how many goals? <laughs> I want to be silly and say a half, half a goal. Half a goal, okay. <laughs> half a goal. And uh, uh, Monica, would you like to pick a whole number? One. Okay, very good. <laughs> it was actually 47. 47. It was 47 to nothing. I was going, I was like, it has to be one extreme or the other, like a very close game or like right. a massacre. 47. 47. Yeah, yeah. It was there, not a good game for Were there the, players from Denmark, Denmark on the ice at all? Uh, they were late to the game. Oh, good. Yeah, so oh, they good. missed just the first and second period. Yeah. Just, okay. <laughs> Okay, so we'll switch it out this time. Monica, mm -hmm. you'll go first on this sure. one. Today is the anniversary of the Beatles' first show in New York City mm. uh, at Carnegie Hall, mm -hmm. which we know the way to Carnegie Hall is. Oh, Practice. it's an old joke. Practice. Uh, Practice. That's oh. it. Uh, <laughs> so the Beatles, obviously. In yeah. 1968, mm -hmm. so this was later, 64 is when they did their first show at Carnegie show. Hall. 68. 68, they recorded a little ditty called Helter Skelter. Mm -hmm. How long is the longest outtake of this uh, version of the song? Oh, in minutes. In minutes. Monica. Um, hmm, let's say 20. 20 minutes. Ashley, do you think it's more than 20 minutes or fewer than 20 minutes? 12. So fewer. 12 fewer. Yeah, yeah it's actually 27 minutes <gasps> long. Man. They did a uh, one that's 10 minutes and 40 seconds, one that's 12 minutes and 35 seconds, and one that's 27 minutes and 11 seconds. Well, that's funny. No one, uh, it never released. Uh, no one's really heard it. They just know that it exists. So it's oh, sort of I this would love to hear phantom that. song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. On this day in 1994, the scream by Edvard Munch was stolen from its museum home the same day as the Winter Olympics opening ceremony. Where were the Olympics, uh, the Winter Olympics held that year? Oh. So this is in 1994. Is it A, Lillehammer, Norway? Lillehammer. Uh, B, Nagano, Japan, or C, Albertville, France? Ooh. A, Lillehammer. We've got an A, Lillehammer. Japan. Japan. All right. Ashley, you are correct. It was in Lillehammer, and that's they stole it from an Oslo museum. They had moved it from one floor to the other, and that was what enabled them to steal it. They were actually released 
uh, because the British agents involved in the sting operation, so they pretended to be buyers because they were selling it, uh, they were ransoming it off for a million dollars, were uh, entered Norway under false identities. Mm. So, so sad. Mm. Abe Lincoln and Charles Darwin were both born today. Not today, but on this day, many, many years ago. Who's older? Abe Lincoln, Charles Darwin, or were they both born on the same day? Oh, year-wise? Mm. Year-wise. Oh, I'm so bad at chronology. Yeah. Oh, who's older? I'm going to say Darwin. Oh, no clue. I'll just go the opposite. Lincoln. All right. They were both born on the same day. Same what? day. Yeah. Interesting. 1809. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but let's do some plugs. I know there were a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. First and foremost, Ghost and Funeral Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ghost and Funeral Party opens February 22nd. That's a Thursday. We have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show at 8 p.m. And our a matinee on Sunday, February 25th at 3 p.m. Uh, you can find tickets uh, at Eventbrite or on Facebook that will mm-hmm. link you to the Eventbrite event, uh, Ghost Ampersand Funeral Party. And that's at uh, ME Theater at 1300 La Quinta Drive by the Florida Mall. Ample parking. Easy. Easy mm-hmm. to get there. Very um, easy to get there. Any other? No, I think I think that's it. Well, yeah, 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 for the show, then we have MonicaMulder.com. Oh, MonicaMulder.com. Yeah, I do a headshot, family photos, uh, events, all kinds of stuff, artistic things, um, fashion shoots, modeling portfolios, all that kind of stuff. And my, my prices are on the website, MonicaMulder, M-U-L-D-E-R.com. And then, Ashley. and then I also have a website. It's Ashley A. Gardner, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-A-G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. I like how that was almost a little bit of a uh, song. Hmm. So we'll work on that. Thank oh, you. A jingle. A jingle, yeah. yeah. Ashley A. Gardner. <laughs> it's not real Gardner. It's missing one of the E's. Yeah, That's I'll have to work on that. Yeah, my name is spelled a little different than yeah. the... Okay, so we got that. Uh, But yeah, so a lot of your writing is there, Mm -hmm. a lot of the places where um, you find out more about you and things of that nature. Uh, Oh, and also if you're on Instagram, uh, check out hashtag ghost and funeral party. Spelled out and. uh, Yeah, spell out and. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also mentioned uh, Behind Every Good Mic, uh, led by Holly Frost. Yes, Behind Every Good Mic is led by Holly Frost. And she's an incredible writer and comedian and actor in Central Florida. She um, she she kind of spearheaded this uh, project behind every good mic that centers on female writers and comedians in Central Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time there is a comedy event or anything, she recently did a roast of 2017. You should go to it. Take yeah. take your friends. Take your significant other. It's it's a great time. Oh, and Pipsqueak. Pipsqueak Collective Pipsqueak. Yep. is uh, they're they're newer in town. Um, and they are, they are headed by Dorothy and Deborah Christopher, um, Melissa Cooper, uh, Dustin Burton and Bruce Ryan Costella. And they just did, uh, a, a show called heavy petting with Dorothy Christopher, um, this past Sunday, yesterday, and then the Sunday before, but they've got really, really good things come up. So keep a, a look out for them. Great. And, uh, Truthful Acting Studios, yes. um, that's where I train. Uh, it's a very warm, supportive environment. I They do free seminars before the start of every semester, so definitely go check them out. Um, and then the um, the sister theater that uh, 
was born out of that theater on the edge. They do really incredible work there. Um, they have proof coming up. Uh, my roommate is in it, Barry Wright. He is fabulous, and and, and a lot of good friends are in it, and I, it's going to be a fabulous show. They have a really amazing work ethic there and really great training. So, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in acting, feel free to ask me questions or send them an email. They're yeah, very open. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much, and uh, you've been listening to a certain degree. You've been on a certain degree. I'm looking We've at you saying it, that. Yeah. So I'm going to release listening. you back into the wild. Oh, good. We're going to have another show next week. The Demeter brothers are going to be here. One oh. is in charge of uh, the Seminole States Planetarium. Mm -hmm. The other is an artist. Cool. And so both of those things, I think, work out really well for radio because I think talking about stars and art comes through really well yeah. <laughs> on the radio. Uh, but next up, Best Hour with Smarketing News. Uh, and again, you've been listening to a certain degree. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. What's that? You'd like more? Well, then I have a website for you. But I'll give you this one instead. Toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. For more episodes, creative scheming, and much, much more. Even more. Hey, tune into WPRK. There's always something on air to get your heart racing in a good way, not in the attacky way.